The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date with everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Dab and Mitch Crumpetich. How are you now? Good and you? Not so bad. And savory David McGraw, who doesn't watch Letterkenny. That's, that's me. No Letterkenny, no Game of Thrones. I just don't know why we're friends. The office, I don't think you, you don't watch The Office? This either? has been long established. Oh, David. <laughs> David. I know. We're going to get you figured out at some point. I don't think you're ever going to get me figured out. Figure it out. Figure it out. We're going on year four. Pitter patter. Okay, David, David, okay. Okay, David. (laughs) Never getting figured out. (laughs) It's episode 169. It is episode 169. Cheers. Cheers. To episode 169. Should we get some... Ooh, sound effects. All right. (sighs) This week, we will talk about the new guys on the Suns, how they're fitting in, and what they're doing to help us win these games. And then, as always, we'll do some game recaps and talk about next week's games. Follow us on Twitter, at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. All right, we'll start things off. Talk about these new guys. It seems like shortly after they arrived, the Suns really turned a corner, started playing some great basketball, some fun basketball to watch even, and... You can't deny that Ubre and Johnson are part of that, and we'll also be talking about Ray Spalding a bit. But Ubre has been hot since he got to Phoenix. He's been scoring a lot of buckets, keeping us in games. It's been nice to watch. Um, without Warren on the team, he's been doing a lot for us. So what do you guys think about Ubre? ubre has been great. He's a little up and down, a little inconsistent with the shot. Uh... You know, decision-making not always there, but I think he's been he's been what we need. He has intensity, he plays a lot of defense, and I think he really amps up the guys. Do I necessarily think he needs to be a starter on this team? No, but, you know, for what we are right now, I think that it's a good spot. He, he is a high-energy guy, and he, he brings a lot of it. And it, seems, it seems like he really pushes the other guys when he's out there and that's that's more than we can ask for or more than we could ask a lot of other guys for apparently so i like Ubre a lot i think he's been great this season i think that i would rather have him starting than tj warren um yep yep i would he is not the best decision maker in the world And he's got a little of that Josh Jackson where he puts his head down and does not look up and just gets to the basket. And sometimes he runs into a group of four guys and throws up a shot. He misses some easy dunks by trying to be too flashy. But I will take all of it. I like Oubre. I think we have won games because of him. Oh, absolutely. We've won games because of him. The reason we won that Milwaukee game was because of him. I mean... Yep. Or the second Milwaukee game, you know. No need to diss uh, right. 
Jamal Crawford for the first one. Or all all reasons right. to diss him, but uh you know I, I do agree that you know maybe he is a little bit better as a starter than TJ, but it's tough. They're probably about the same when it comes to decision making for passing. They just look to score. Oupre is a way better passer than TJ. Are you kidding me? TJ is one of the worst passers in the league. I want to go watch last night's game again and see if Oubre passed as many times as he shot. Because I doubt it. I would rather him shoot more, though. I like, the, I like having a nice flowing offense in the, when the ball doesn't die in someone's hands. Other than Booker Aiton. I don't think it's time for Kelly to be putting up 20 shots per game on a regular basis yet. And another thing, I think you guys forgot about TJ Warren a little bit. He's been gone a long time. He has. But this guy's shooting, it's 43%, 42.9 from three this year. That's absolutely insane. And then we bring in a guy like Ubre who... Maybe we'd expect to be a better shooter than Warren. Maybe coming into the year we all thought that. But I, I miss Warren. But I, I can't just say that, oh, this is tough. I'm not on the Kelly train, but Kelly has won us games due to his energy. But yet, I'd still rather have Warren back. And I don't know, heading into the offseason, if I want to offer Kelly Oubre a contract, a lot of people are saying $14 million per year, somewhere in that vicinity. I think that's way too much. He's playing like it's a contract year. That's obvious. Is, it, is he going to be the same next year? That's a good point. No, he's playing his best basketball right now in Phoenix that he has in his whole career. I he is, but I... That, that's he is without a doubt he is, but he also doesn't have, you know, John Wall and Bradley Beal, and he still would make these a lot of these same decisions in Washington. But uh, I, I think what we need, to, I think we should see Ubre and TJ in at the same time. If TJ's healthy, I think we should be seeing them both play. Ooh, I don't. That's a black hole. Yeah. No, no I know you. it's a black hole. I would not like to see I, that listen. At all. If Booker's not on the court, yeah. Listen, I know it's a black hole. I know it's a black hole. I know that that's a lot. That's not a lot of passing between the two, but I think that's where you have to see. And I, I think that TJ has won us a game here or there, but I think I, I don't think he's won as many games, and him having as good of a game is as important as Kelly having a good game. I think for this team right now, it's way more important for Kelly to have a good... If TJ was even more important for Kelly to have a good game. That's not to diss TJ, but... Um, it, it would be nice to be able to bring TJ off the bench, for sure. And just score. I don't necessarily think either of them should be starting players. I would rather start Ubre though. Yeah, someone's gotta, with, yeah. since we don't have a power forward. Bender has not been terrible lately. Bender I mean, had a really good game against the Pelicans a couple nights ago. Yeah. So that he's not the answer. He's not but. the answer. Maybe I'm a little bummed that we kind of cut ties with him this, for this off season, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we could still sign him to like a one year deal. I wouldn't mind if we did that. I don't think he's going to draw a ton to. of interest. Yeah. I, 
he's got to feel a little spurned after that move. How often does a guy come back after getting, after not getting picked up after his rookie deal comes up? That's true. Well, and team option comes. I mean, he might rather play in Europe too. I bet he'd do a lot better in Europe. He would, and he would make more money. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got it. Getting drafted that high, he made quite a bit of money in. He his did, but he would he would probably make more money than what this a team next would contract would be. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It could go either way, but I, I was, all I was saying was, in an ideal world, you're not starting either of them. You're they're both bench players that I think come off your bench and play you know play together, whatever. But so who I do think you think should start at the three bridges? Yes. I, I think, <laughs> yes. The, the, the reason why, I mean, you have Booker. You ideally, you get a guy like Ja Morin or whatever. Or you sign a free agent point guard. And then those are your two main ball handlers. And you have Bridges. You have, you know, some sort of, like, bigger four that's, not gonna that can help rebound a little bit more and Eaton and then you have uh, maybe that's just too much off the bench with having Josh off the bench too but yeah that's four small forwards well really I know wing four wings that all probably deserve NBA minutes yeah but all on the same team I don't know if that's the key but I really I just cannot imagine every one of those guys is gonna be on the Suns next year right like we're moving one. We we thought that com- we thought we were moving one coming into the season, and we didn't. Yeah, right. But so I, I think I mean, we're real. I really think that we're going to. We have to. They have to know that we've been getting abused rebounding and by power forwards over this last well, the whole season. That's been well. Aside from not having a point guard, we're getting beat down low because Aiton can't man the paint like that. I mean, if you're a team like the Jazz, maybe you don't need to throw a big power forward out there with Gobert, but we kind of need to do that at this point. Yeah, yeah we just are killed way too much on the rebounds. I will, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, Oubre and TJ are, should both be off the bench, but with Josh there, then yeah, you're right. Here's so the other thing about Oubre, though. I think Oubre has contributed to a shift in culture. In this team. That's fair. Yeah. And I think that's that's huge. His energy, he wants to be here. How many times have we heard someone say, I really want to be in Phoenix? Not very often. I think that's really nice. And while he is a little bit too flashy and misses some dunks, no one else brings that energy like him. Josh Jackson tries to, and it usually doesn't work. But Ubre at least connects sometimes on those plays. Yeah. So. I... I absolutely appreciate the energy that Kelly brings and what he's done for his teammates. I think it's pretty obvious that he's the one that has maybe got this team feeling a little more confident. You know, that guy won quite a few games in uh he won quite a few games in Washington. He's played with solid talent. It seems like he knows what to do. So that's what I do love about Kelly. But Let's end it with this, and before we move on and talk about Tyler Johnson a little bit. Does it make any sort of sense for us to 
pursue Kelly in an open market while we have Bridges, Jackson, and Warren under contract? Yes. That's a good question. Yes. Because he wants to be here. Because of... You talk about that culture stuff. That's why. And I think he's just a little bit older and more experienced. And I think that is helpful. As much as I liked Josh Jackson, and I mean, I still like Josh Jackson. He just has really underperformed this season. I just think if if it's between Jackson and Oubre, I'll take Oubre. Bridges, that's a tougher question. You, you don't... You don't move bridges for a power forward. You don't do any of that. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever about bridges. I think, but Warren, I'll take. Uber I don't think there's a Warren. question about Warren either. This organization, the organization loves Warren. I don't think we're ever going to see. And OJ. well, and I think that with the injury now too, I think it would be hard to move TJ. And fun fact, Booker. The only teammate he's had since he's gotten here, TJ. Yeah, that's true. The only constant that he's had, aside from Robert Sarver owning the team. <laughs> really, that's that's, that's pretty true. crazy. Yeah, like that. Is- but this is what I'm worried about. If we're trying to trade, this is remember how we could absolutely not get a point guard on our roster this season, heading into the season, at the beginning of the season, heading up to the trade deadline. No one wanted to give us a point guard. Because they knew we needed one. Right. So let's flip it. We still don't have a point guard. We don't have a power forward. And we have four wings. Who's going to want to give a good deal when they know that we need to get rid of one of them? That's true. That's true. Unless there's a team out there that just like loves Josh Jackson or something. No one loves Josh right. Jackson. I, I know they don't. But. <laughs> well, uh I mean, Mitch knows this, but on that low podcast, they were talking about how there are just a lot of executives that feel like if they would have drafted Josh, that Josh would be fine. And it's just because we drafted That's him. true. Oh. That's true. Is the talk. Um, I think that the people, the wing that the teams are going to want is Bridges, and we should absolutely not move him. And I don't think we will. Yeah, you'd hope. But, I, I don't think Sarver would allow it if Sarver was the one pulling the strings to make sure we got that trade for Bridges. Over his dead body would he trade him at this point. Yeah, if he had, right. That's just my opinion. I don't know Robert Sarver as well as Gambo does. I'm no Gambo. <laughs> you guys see that? He's getting smack talk by someone on AM radio. It's it's uh, Really? I can't remember what it is. This is poor that I'm doing this because... This guy was calling Gambo the big fish and how all of Arizona talk radio, sports talk radio, goes through him and how he's uh, he's not giving opinions. He's trying to break stories before they even happen. And he's been wrong so often. He's getting called out for it finally by someone with a bit more of a voice than we have or, you know, another son's podcast. Might. Right, so, right. I, the article is on The Athletic <laughs> and I'm too cheap to buy it. I know. So maybe I'll buy one. Five bucks a month, maybe. I love their work from like the previews. I've read, yeah, absolutely. But I just don't want to pay. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I think. Yeah, well, I think this team is going to try and move on from Josh. Uh, absolutely. Getting back to it. Yeah. Mm. And but, uh, 
like I said a few episodes ago, after he missed that autograph session. Yeah. Uh, makes it a lot easier to move on. It makes it easy. Okay. Let's move it on. Let's talk about Tyler Johnson. I'm, I'm a little bigger on Tyler Johnson than most, and I'm a little more down on Ubre than most, and maybe you guys will continue that trend, but I've been really impressed with him. The defense has been amazing. Assist to turnover ratio, amazing. He's not throwing a ton of assists around, but he's taking good care of the ball. And like last week against the Warriors, how he was playing defense on Steph Curry, that's something that we haven't had. That's true. Eric Bledsoe used to shrivel up in those situations, and he'd get he'd get pounded. In he those. still does. He still does. We know <laughs> that. But Tyler Johnson, we're paying him way too much. There's no denying that. But I like what he's doing here. Yeah, a great defensive guy. We need we need a guy. We've needed a guy who can play defense on ones. Doesn't necessarily need to have the ball in his hands the entire time. That can kind of you know give. Booker shoulder, give Booker more of the shoulder or more of the load uh, for ball handling. And Tyler Johnson has been that, and, you know, a decent to good three-point shooter and he takes care of the ball when he has it. And it's It's been nice to have him, con- especially considering, you know, the other guys at point guard that have played there. It's, it's a little tough because I feel like Melton is really good. And Melton getting hurt, you know, pushed him kind of to the back seat a lot more. I know Melton didn't necessarily wasn't expected to get as much playing time as he did this year. I'm not sure if Tyler Johnson has made that big of a push, you know, over what Melton would have done if he would have stayed healthy. I understand that he's a better offensive player right now than Melton, but I don't know if the defense has changed that much. That being said, Tyler Johnson has been a nice pickup and has been you know, a guy that'll catch and shoot and that kind of stuff, and that's been nice. Yeah, um, I want to touch on one thing you said, David. You said Mel- Melton is really good. I would disagree with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Melton has not been awful this year, but okay. I would not say he's really good. Really good was a little bit of a jump, but I think he has been good. A <laughs> little bit. He's been fine. He's been for, really good on defense. Okay. Yeah, he has. He's been fine for what he is. I think he's been good he's for what right. he is. Tyler Johnson. I think yeah. Tyler Johnson is like Melton's ceiling. So maybe it's kind of nice to have oh. Tyler Johnson there to be like, this could be you one day. Oh. Get traded to the worst team in the that league hurts, and have a player. Man, that, that might be a little too coming on a little too strong. Maybe. Mitch has taken all know. of like his I, random hate that uh, he had for TJ Warren for the last couple of weeks, and it started to push it into Melton. Because <laughs> <laughs> he misses TJ, just doesn't yeah, pretty much. smack to talk. Since he hasn't played. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I like Melton. He's a good defender. He's been fine handling the ball. He just can't shoot, and neither can Tyler Johnson. We need. Like, I like what Tyler Johnson has been doing. Assist to turnover ratio, great. Defense, great. It'd just be nice if he could shoot the three a little bit better. But, I mean, overall, I don't really have a strong opinion on Tyler Johnson. He's been fine. I don't love him. I don't hate him. Like, he's fine. We know he'll be back next year because unless he really, really, really doesn't want to play in Phoenix, he would be really dumb not to... uh, pick up his player option just for financial reasons. $19 million yeah. of reasons. So, yeah. But he's fine. I, I don't mind him. And I think he he has also contributed to some of these wins. 
with his defense and just ability to run an NBA offense because Melton Okobo struggled with that so much. And Jamal Crawford still thinks he's 25. <laughs> uh, so I think the big loser in the Tyler Johnson thing is Okobo. Oh, yeah. But this is a, we got to think about this now. We've actually won a few games the last few weeks. I don't know if you guys caught that, but <laughs> we've been winning some games. And the big debate is, would you rather win a few games or would you rather give your rookies some experience and maybe tank a little bit harder, I, which isn't necessary if you ask me. But right. there's got to be a point where a team who's becoming a better team who's maybe aiming for 30-some wins next year, when do you quit pushing these guys into development and maybe pushing them too fast or putting them in a bad situation where it ruins their confidence? Is it better to do that at this point in the season, or should we keep rolling with Tyler Johnson? And what if we fall out of the top three when it comes lotto time? That's a good question. And I think you have to remember the. It's the G League now, but for a long time it was the D League, and the D standed for developmental. The whole point was for guys who weren't quite ready to be able to develop their game a little bit more for a year or two and try to shift it into like a minor league baseball kind of deal. That's still what they're trying to do. It's just difficult because the system is not quite that developed yet. But I think it could get there in time. I think it's good for a Kobo to be playing these G League games and just get some run and play with the Suns here and there but I don't know we, we've just seen so much of these young guys who aren't ready being forced into things that they're not ready for and then it hinders their development in the end and you don't want that we see Okobo has this potential to be a decent player I could see him being like a Barbosa type player Maybe not quite as fast, but that's that's what I kind of look for from him. But he just needs that time to develop. When it comes to the lottery, since the odds are changed, I just don't really care. I want to win games. I want to carry some momentum into next season. I want our guys to be confident. And I want Booker to be happy. Booker does not want to lose. Every game that we win keeps Devin Booker in Phoenix. You know, I've heard people say things about DeMarcus Cousins in Sacramento and comparing this this Booker situation. DeMarcus Cousins never wanted to leave Sacramento. Right. He liked it there. He did, but they just kept losing and kept losing and kept losing. Even then, he didn't want to get traded. It was Vladdy decided to trade him even after they had said that they weren't trading him. We got to remember that part, though. DeMarcus never would have left. But I, I just don't want it to get to this point. I mean, the Kings are in a good place now without Cousins. But I just want Booker to stay here, and we need to do everything we can to keep him happy. He wants to win. Plus, with the updated lottery odds, I don't know if you guys have been on Tankathon lately, but it's not nearly as fun this year to run the Tankathon simulations. I hear you. And plus, our record is bad enough already that it's not going to make that much of a difference if we win a few more games. So right now we have one more loss than the Cavs. And then the Knicks have less wins than us. And that's it. Next one up is Bulls with two more wins than us, right? So And we play them on Monday. Yeah. So Today. Today. Yeah. Either way. I can go either way. I think that we've done enough losing. I'm also not entirely sure though that 
winning at the end of the season helps anything. We've won random, like, feel-good games at the end of each of these last few seasons when we've been tanking, and we'll win games here or there, and it'll be like, oh, maybe we're on the up-and-up and blah, 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 you know? Chris really is looking good at the end of his rookie year. Josh is really looking good at the end of his rookie year, you know? Second team yeah, all rookie. Exactly. So I don't know, if, you know, I don't think you can point to winning as morale boosting and a way to get good into this next season. Well, yeah, we did win our first game this season, and then it went downhill really fast. But, like, okay, we had that little bump of confidence, and then it teetered off immediately. So I don't think you can point to morale boosting and try to get a streak going for next year. You can't point to that at all for this team. But we didn't beat the Warriors and the Bucks last year. We weren't beating the really good teams. We've shown that we can hang. And as we go through these, these games that we played last week, they were all close, even the ones we lost. We could have beat the Rockets. We could have beat the Jazz. The Jazz game wasn't quite as The close, first three quarters of the Jazz game yeah. was solid. But we're hanging with these good teams. We've never been able to do this. Yeah, I, I think I got to disagree with you, David. I, we need these wins. Booker needs to be happy, like Mitch said earlier. Something good has to happen for these guys because you saw it before Oubre and Johnson got here. It, it wasn't looking good. Booker was so, you could see how visibly upset he was playing basketball every night. It was an every night thing where he looked mad. Now you see him getting on guys and he looks upset, but it's because he just won a few games and he likes the taste. He wants to keep doing it. And again, shout out for Ubre for that. I think he's the one that really pushed it, but I don't know. I'd say let's go out winning some games this year. And then maybe over the off season, maybe people remember that the Suns won a few games at the end of the year. Maybe a free agent's a little more interested. Maybe we get a little more media love. I don't know. We need we need some positives. Yeah. The only reason we should be pushing to win games is for chemistry. Yeah. It shouldn't it shouldn't be for you know I it. Should, it doesn't matter if we win games at the end of this year because we have not shown that we can pull it over into the next year. But if it's building chemistry, if it's building, you know, rapport between Booker and Aiton, Booker and Ubre, Ubre and Aiton, uh, Ubre and Bridges for a defensive wing tandem, uh, you know, any of these guys, if it's building that and building that chemistry and building that, yes, absolutely, we need to be winning games. But pointing to a, you know, getting in a groove to start for next year, that's that doesn't work because it hasn't worked. And we can't this team has not shown that they can get a groove at the end of the year or the end of the next year. I don't think that matters at all though, because you, you play to you play to win the game. Yes. You know? Like you gotta win. You no one to wants win. to lose. It doesn't matter if we I I'm a I'm agreeing. I'm not saying like I wanna lose. I'm not saying that we need to like develop and stuff. I'm saying that if it's winning to help build the build the chemistry, build up these guys around it, then that's what that like. It's good to win. It's good to win. Let's it's end good there. To win, yeah. Move it on quickly about Ray Spalding. We we went oh, pretty yeah. deep here, but Ray Spalding played his first meaningful minutes against the Pelicans the other night and was rather impressive. Let me pull up the stat line here real quick. Well, and while you're doing that, he was forced into the game because of foul trouble. 
So Rashawn Holmes was out with an injury. DeAndre Ayton got two technicals and was suspended from the game. Dragon Bender is Dragon Bender. So we needed someone with a little bit of size to come in. So while Ray Spaulding was on the floor, we outscored the Pelicans by a 13. He had eight points, four rebounds, two assists, two blocks. And he had five fouls. So he was uh, he was playing hard, five fouls in 15 minutes. But that just, it, it was just a nice boost for us. And this is a guy that we have, we can potentially have under contract heading into next year, right? Yep, yes. Do you think we'll see more of Spalding throughout the end of the year here? Maybe him and Bender share some of those minutes. I know Bender, he played a big 34, but obviously forced into it. Right. But I'd maybe like to see him take some of Bender's minutes just to give him a shot. I I don't really care. <laughs> no, I, I don't care either, but maybe it'd be nice. I don't think we really... It's different this year, is what I should say. Uh, we don't have Tyson Chandler's corpse out there to rest and not play. So where we're kind of having to find these bodies, it's Eaton and Holmes, who are younger guys, who are, you know, out there playing for stuff. And I think it's a little bit different. If either of those guys are out, or if there's foul trouble, then sure, play him. I don't think you play him before Bender. Uh, I think you have to play Bender right now, even if it is spot minutes at the four. But I, I don't, in, unless there's some sort of foul trouble or, you know, both of them twist ankles and are out for a game randomly, I don't think that you can kind of force race balding into minutes. That's fair. But how about this? If we ever see Bender hesitate to take a shot or pass up an open shot, then we put Spalding in. How does that sound? Good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's plenty about Spalding. Let's move it on. Talk about last week's games, and we'll start off with the one against the Jazz. We lost this one 114-97. to They outscored us by 14 in the fourth quarter. It was just a three-point game heading into that fourth, but they they really blew us out of the water in the fourth quarter. Uh, leading the way for the Suns, Devin Booker had 27 in this one, four boards, six assists. A uh, nice little matchup between him and Donovan Mitchell. We all like to compare those two, apparently, when we're not comparing Devin Booker and Zach Levine. Yeah. <laughs> which is a joke. Yep. You're all jokesters. But Mitchell, very similar game, a little more efficient. He had 26-5-2. And, and for our Bovada Sportsbook information on this, Bovada Sportsbook is the way that you can bet on any of these games. We'll go through some of the numbers for this one. The Jazz were favored by 8.5, and, and they covered that. They won by 17. The over-under for this game was 220, and it was the under at 211. Notice these trends. We're... It's the under the vast majority of the time in our games. So if you're betting on the Suns, I would recommend taking the under. We play defense now. <laughs> and we don't score <laughs> and a we whole don't lot. score much, but <laughs> there's, there's defensive tones to the game now, yeah. which is new for us in Phoenix, but I enjoy it. We play defense, getting blown out by 17. Uh, just in the fourth quarter, though. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always... Uh, Tough matchup. The Jazz are a good team. 
even if they have underperformed than what a lot of people thought they would be this year, they're still a good team. They're still a strong defensive team, well-coached. Quinn Snyder's still great. And, you know, Rudy Gobert is a, is a monster. He is a monster, and yeah. he made Aiton look pretty bad in this game. Aiton was one for nine from the floor, two points, nine rebounds, uh, two steals. He just didn't seem very involved in this one. It seemed like Gobert just completely eliminated him from the game. And as a rookie, maybe you'd expect that once in a while, but this guy's our number one pick. He's physically, he should be able to go up against anybody that he faces up against, if you ask me. But the thing that I loved about it, though, was he took responsibility for it after the game, said this was the worst game he's ever played, and then... In the next one against the Rockets, he came back with a solid one. So it was nice to see him admit that he played poor, poorly, and then move on from it. Well, and I feel like we've seen Aiton struggle against these types of centers. These like big, long, defensive-minded centers. Which, I mean, a lot of people struggle against Gobert because he's a really, really good defender. But Aiton especially... You know, it's like we've seen the same thing against Embiid. He struggles. And DeAndre Jordan, he struggles against those kind of guys. And I think that's okay. He's still learning. Yeah. He's still learning. He's still figuring it out. It's okay for him to struggle right now because he will learn how to kind of take on those matchups. And whether that is, you know, relying on like the elbow jumpers and working on those a bit more or, you know, doing the cat route and working on, you know, the outside shot and being able to hit that at a good enough rate to where you kind of drag the guys out and then use your passing to, you know, get on the inside, you know. There are ways to work against those kind of guys, and Aiden's just got to learn. He's a rookie. He'll learn. You know, I was pretty rough on Aiden a few weeks ago after a quote where he said, I've I've done what the coaches told me to do. Now I'm going to take over or something along those lines, something like that. That rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought, who are you, man? You haven't done anything this year. Let's see it. But he's, he's come along a little bit, but really showing the humility he did after this one kind of won me back a little bit. I know it's good to be confident in the NBA. You got to be confident or you're going to get walked all over. Just look at Dragon Bender. But him saying that and then coming back with the good game, that, that makes me happy. Well, and the other thing is, after he said that, because I was pretty tough on him too, he actually played really well after he said that. Yeah. He he did kind of back it up with his play. Uh, he's shown humility quite a bit, talked about needing to play better, those kind of things. I know he had that one quote, but it seems like he has said the right thing most of the time, even or joked and been very lighthearted about you know, needing to be better. So, yeah. you know, he's a goofy kid, but I, I don't think it's that much to worry about, about him, you know, trying. That's, that's actually a good point, though, that I want to bring up. I love to see how excited he gets when yeah. we win these games. Yeah. Like, keep in mind, he's is he 20 now? Is he 19 or 20? I think he's 20. But that's... I mean, he's excited. He's 20 years old. He plays in the NBA. He's having the time of his life. And winning is exciting. I'd oh. be excited too. The other night, 
Ubre had a baseline drive and he threw it down. And then in the background on the bench, you can see Aiden like walking across the bench on the chairs, like celebrating. <laughs> Everybody like popped up out of their seats, but then there's Aiden behind him walking down the seat. It was pretty funny. <laughs> it, you can tell he's having a good time and the winds help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, he's not getting, he's not clotheslining guys or not clotheslining guys, but he's not like getting mad and shoving guys. He's not, you know, Yelling at the refs and getting a million technicals. Yeah. Well, he did get tossed uh, from the Pels game. We'll talk he, about that. Then. I was gonna say minus the Pelicans game getting otherwise, tossed, but pretty. Solid. Otherwise, he, yeah, or just being quiet, and not doing anything. I'm talking about Chris Jackson and Bender right around there. So a nice balance there. I'd I'd have to agree. Okay, well, moving on to the Rockets game. This was a another one. We were neck and neck with them throughout the whole thing until the fourth. Uh, we got outscored by eight in this one. Final score was 108-102. And the line for this one, the Bovada line, was Rockets by 12.5. They did not cover that because they only won by six. The over-under was 226, and it was under again at 210. Again, I would be taking the unders if I were betting on these games. So this was interesting. This one... You got to give shout outs to Ubre and Bridges, but mainly Ubre playing defense on James Harden in this one. Yes, Harden did score 41 points and nearly had a triple double, was a rebound away. But some of the plays that they were making on him, it just making things difficult for him and, you know, not following him in some of the situations, I was really impressed. And that's. It's so weird. It, that's what kept us in this game, yet he had 41. Just weird. It's kind of weird. Well, and we really could have won this game. It just slipped away from us at the very end. Mm-hmm. The Rockets are good, and the Rockets were at full strength, I believe. They had Chris Paul. They had Harden. They no, had Capella. No Paul. No Chris Paul? No Chris Paul. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Disregard that. They're still really good. And we were still in it. It just slipped away in the last two minutes, basically. Yep. We got burned by Daniel House. Daniel House revenge game. Which is kind of sad, but... Yeah, he's been starting some games for the Rockets this season. He had 18 points in this one. Hit four threes. And he threw up a few threes during the game, and I said to myself, oh yeah, keep heaving them. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up burning us. In the yep. Game. yep. And sadly... P.J. Tucker, love the guy. He didn't get a bucket in this one. Yeah, he thought he was still playing for the Suns. Yeah, it's just the usual thing. But he did have five steals and, you know, doing P.J. things. It's probably why he helped them win the game. But I, I still miss P.J. I, I don't miss him as much as you guys do. I, I was never as high on P.J. I like him. I like him and I miss him, but not as much as you guys. Okay, Having Ubre and Mikel helps a lot. Yeah. Yes, it does. 100%. Oh, and in this MVP. one, we Tyler Johnson sat this one out, and Troy Daniels started the game. That kind of caught me off guard. But then he only ended up playing 15 minutes and scoring three points. A little, a little disappointing out of a starting opportunity. Had three assists. Yeah, yeah that's solid. <laughs> 
I'm surprised we haven't talked about this more. Actually, I'm not that surprised, but if there's one guy who's not going to be on the team next year, it's Troy Daniels. Yeah, and it's weird because I'd like to say he deserves better. He deserves more minutes, but does he? No. He only shoot. He literally only shoots three pointers, and he hasn't even been very good at that this year. And yeah, you can meme all you want about how he played. He had like a couple nice pick and roll performances in one of these games. You can joke about it, but I don't know. I'm sure he'll get picked up somewhere and he'll be getting minutes, but. I just don't want to see him go somewhere and then light us up for 32 points two or three times a year. It's just like a Ish Smith situation, I feel like. He's just one of those guys who's not that great, but wherever he signs, he'll probably have a good game against us. I mean, he's enough of a journeyman. It's not like he's going to take it personally. Oh, we like Grizzlies as a throw-in. Right. Like last year so he's a journeyman he's been around a little bit it's he knows it's that's just kind of how it works yep that's how she blows okay and we'll move on to the win from last week against the pelicans uh this one went into overtime final score was 138 136 the bovada line for this game was pelicans by four and a half and the over under was 235 the Suns won by two, so the line was not quite right. And it was the over this time, but it went into overtime, so that can kind of be expected. Yeah. This was a fun game. Really kind of wild. We probably should have won in regulation. But certain players made some not-so-great decisions. Yeah, a, a missed dunk by trying to get too fancy is the difference between that game going to overtime and not. We still won in the end. We did. And Josh Jackson hit an incredible three while being double-teamed to to win the game. When's the last time you saw Booker pass up right. a last-second shot? I know. It was, it was surprising. But the the issue with this is... The Pelicans had a chance to get the ball back, and then they called the timeout. They didn't have any timeouts, so we got to shoot a technical free throw and get the ball and just win. That was so... I've never seen a game end quite like that. Obviously, the Chris Weber Fab Five Michigan deal, but right. this they got, they got hit with the five seconds call right before that. But they were trying to call a timeout. Oh, they did. They did. And they didn't call a technical. There should have been two. Right. But they missed the first one. But they just gave us the ball, said it was five seconds. It was five seconds before they tried calling a timeout. Yeah. But then, like, the next time down, they did it again. I I just didn't believe that. (laughs) I know. It was amazing. I was so happy because it's like, oh, that's a Suns move. That's how the Suns would lose a game. Right. But... We were we benefited from something like that. It was crazy. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen. No. <laughs> right. Uh, people on Twitter were saying that's an advanced tanking yeah. move. <laughs> you can't give Gentry that much credit. Yeah. You can't give him any credit for that. But in this one, Suns were led by, again, Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre. Booker ended up with 40 in this one, 13 assists, 5 boards. He did have 7 turnovers, though. And then Oubre had 32 points, 
Could have had 34 if he wouldn't miss that dunk. Uh, <laughs> six rebounds, two assists, two steals. So those guys were big for us, as well as Jackson off the bench. He ended up with 19, and obviously the the biggest three points of the season for him, too. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Sun Twitter, really quickly after this game, or while this game was going on, I should say, <laughs> talking about the Booker having the most 35-5-5 and games as a Suns, which, you know, maybe one of those slightly, you know, cherry-picked things, or why not just do 35-5, and or why are there these arbitrary whatever, but still really cool. Booker having the 13 assists was great. And, you know, he, he continues to push those assist totals and keeps on working on doing that. What, you don't like going on basketball reference for a couple hours each day trying to find some nice cherry pick stats so you can look smart on our NBA? I mean, I am the biggest proponent of Alan Williams, the god, so. Oh, 2020 and 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the thing. Booker is trying so hard to get a triple-double. He's never done it. He's gotten kind of close. His career high for rebounds is 7 or 8, I think. So he's gotten close. He just needs to get it. We need to just like pull a Russell Westbrook and box out for box him so he can grab Booker. these rebounds. No, just no. do it. Don't because I that's <laughs> maybe the one thing in the NBA I complain about the most is I don't how like Russell it. Westbrook plays basketball and how his teammates allow him to do that by taking away from their stats. And ugh. actually, well, I know too many Thunder fans who I like. I like smack talking about for, for the sake of. My fantasy team, I don't want that because I have Aiton. I need him to get all the rebounds he can. Yeah. But Booker just needs to get a triple-double. He's gotten so close, and you know he's trying really hard. He doesn't need to. He needs to just stop trying. I think he needs to. He's not going to stop I know he's not going to start trying, but I I can pray that he does. Yeah. And honestly, I love the assists. I think I'd love to see him average six or seven assists for the rest of his career. I don't know if that'll happen, but that'd be a wonderful thing. And there's no reason why he can't be crashing the boards a little harder. He's not a, he's not always the guy that needs to get back on defense up at the top of the key, trying to prevent fast breaks. So he's got the size. He's got the athleticism. I'd like to see him rebound a little better. Maybe get a, Double-digit rebound game here and there. There's a difference between rebounding better and then just rebound hunting. Yeah, I'm not saying hunt for the rebounds. I'm just saying I get, get in there and maybe block someone out. I'm all about that. Going for offensive rebounds and stuff like that, I'm all in. But that's not what he's going to do. No. Uh, no, just keep scoring points, bud. That's all we need. Put back dunks. Put back dunks. That's what I want to see. Put back three-pointers. Has he ever had one? I don't know. You know what? There's a play that happened last night. This is random, but it caught my attention. Was it Booker with the entry pass into Melton under yeah, the rim? Uh-huh. And Melton, our point guard, went up off two feet and flushed it one-handed. And Booker threw that no-look one-handed pass. It looked like LeBron almost. It, oh. And it was like a perfect pass, and Melton just slammed it. Yeah, that was nice. That was an interesting play, but it was cool seeing our, our little guy get up like that. Well, and we, I noticed that play because I'm like, we make those baseline cuts all the time. It's just part of our play. And I, we never make that pass. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to see it once. Mm-hmm. 
if Booker can do entry passes, that'd be the greatest thing that he can do. I think Booker's one of the only guys that can throw an entry pass, honestly, though. He, he's still not very good at it, though. Because uh, he'd rather be shooting. He should be shooting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move it on to next week's upcoming games. And here's a winnable one right off the bat. We've got the Bulls. And the Bovada line for this game, because the line is out, is Suns by three. We're favored, which is nice to see. It's happened a couple times this month. It has. That's a really nice thing. The over-under is 228.5. I don't know. I would probably take the under. I'll take the under. We're, We're two bad teams, not big scorers. I'll take the under on that. Zach Levine going for 70. Oh, yeah. He's, he'll probably drop 71 because he's better than... Seven, yeah, 71. Yep. So then the Suns will win, like, 95 to 71 then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think the Bulls... It should be a good game. Uh, do you think we'll see a little U of A center against U of A center, a little Markinen versus Aiden? Maybe. Or do we put Bendy on him? I'd probably put Bendy on Marky. Bendy on Marky? Put Melty in there. Oh, Melty? Just for the, the sake of the names. Bendy and Melty. <laughs> Bendy, Melty, Marky. I like it. Okay, other two games. We got the Pistons and then the Kings. I don't really know what to say about the Pistons. They've been The Pistons are... They've been pretty good, but Blake Griffin is so hard on them. Which, I mean, it's understandable because he knows that he could be better. He knows the team could be better. Yeah. But they're still winning quite a few games. And I feel like every time they win, I see a Blake Griffin quote like, yeah, we won, but we still suck. Yeah. Well, just imagine playing, well, I guess like the DeAndre and Drummond, he's playing next to a solid big center. But then leaving Chris Paul and all that chemistry that they had together, it, it can't be fun. Heading to Detroit and trying to kind of start over like that. Right. At the same time, though, he's really embraced Detroit. He's all in on it. I think that, I think that, yeah, he's been hard on everything, but he's always kind of had that mindset. It seems like that they need to be better. His whatever team he's on, they need to get better. They need to be better so that way you know they can contend. Because you know he's been so close, so so many times, just never been able to get over that. I think it's been good, and I honestly think him and Reggie Jackson have really kind of come to a pretty good spot. I know he's no Chris Paul, but there was that video uh, that was posted that uh, during opening tips that Blake and Reggie have like a routine where they play like volleyball, basically. You, either of you guys see that like little clip? Yeah, so when Drummond wins yeah. the tip, Blake will like pop it up. And then Reggie, like, kind of comes in with, like, a ah. little hand and, like, kind of bumps it a little bit. And, like, they they want huh. – Drummond wins the tip so many times that they just, like, have this routine set up because Drummond's ridiculous and athletic and stuff. But I think that they're fine. Uh, Luke, Luke Kennard has randomly been playing really well since Reggie Bullock got traded. And I, that Pistons team is, is a lot better than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Yeah, they're also fighting for some pretty tight playoff position right now. So they're going to be giving their all 
I think they're going to probably destroy us. Yeah, and that's a real tough matchup for us with Drummond and Griffin. Yeah. We're going to put Bender on Griffin to start, but then after Bender gets pulled, it's going to be Oubre or Jackson. And I think we've seen Blake dominate Josh previously a few times. So that's another game where, man, it'd be nice to have a power forward. Do you think we'll see Aiton and Holmes in at the same time in this one to try to counter that? Maybe put Aiton on Blake. I'd Holmes love to see Drummond. that. I and I said that one time, and you guys gave me smack. You <laughs> talked smack, and you said Aiton and Holmes in at the same time. It's happened this year. It worked okay. And in situations like this, I think it still makes sense. I think, I don't, yeah, I mean, you might have to in this situation. And I know I don't like having them in together, but situationally. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think you have Aiton on Blake. And you just throw, you know, Bender or whoever on Drummond. And it's going to be, no, it's going to be the worst. It's going to be awful. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not going to be awful, but that's probably what happens. I I I like how Aiden can guard out on on the perimeter. And then that might be good to bring him out on Blake. But Drummond is going to eat. Yeah, if if we're not putting them together, Aiden will be on Drummond. It'll be like in the Lakers game when... JaVale. Yeah, Aiden yeah. was guarding LeBron, and then JaVale would just stick a hand up, and they'd loft a pass in, and he'd dunk it. I could see I, a lot I think, of that happening. Again. I think the Suns are okay with that. If it means that we play like we did in that Lakers game or have a lot more high intensity or like we did in the Bucks game where Aiden was on Giannis, I think we're absolutely okay with Drummond having a crazy game if it ups the intensity and like kind of locks everyone in. Yeah. We'll, well see. We will see. And then one more game, we have the Kings. Um, I've talked about the Kings a few times, and I'm a little jealous. I wish that was us. But now we've seen them take a bit of a step back. They're out of the playoff hunt, aren't they? They're not. They're seven games uh, out, I think, from the eight yeah, seed. It's, I mean, they're probably they're not probably gonna not going to make it, which relieves me a little bit. I'm so back and forth on if I want to see the Kings play well, but... Uh, I sure hope we beat them. Hopefully this is a closer game than the last game. Yeah. The last game was kind of a revenge game for us beating them. I'd like for this to be a close game. You know, If we can win it, that'd be awesome. If not, that's understandable. They've taken a huge leap. and uh, I think that Bagley's fine with him now, too, because he yeah. was out for, for a while. Yeah. I, I like the Kings. I want them to be successful. I, I'm jealous, too. But I look at them and just see, you know, they're, they're a team with some questionable management as well. And a lot of young players who have turned that into success. If they can do it, we can. Yeah. It, it feels like we have the better players, but it just hasn't come together yet like it did for them. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that'll do it for that section. And we will move into my favorite section of the show. The non-sports section. This week, the question is a simple one. What is your least favorite animal and why? This is I think we're all animal lovers here, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we all we're all big animal fans. I like going to the zoo. I like penguins. Yeah. Me and David have dogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I'll start off. I actually the first thing that comes into my mind happens to be a dog. I, I like big dogs primarily. 
big and medium sized dogs, but there's one dog that I can't stand, and it's a pug. Mm. A pug and the Boston Terrier. Their eyes are just, those buggy <laughs> eyes just creep me out so much. And you wonder how they don't like get their eyes poked out more often because they literally extrude from their heads. And then pugs, though, they're that like inhale, <laughs> snore, growl sound that is pretty much constant. Yeah. That's, it sounds creepy. No. So I'm just like, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't adopt a pug, but I'd pet a pug. I, we, I had a family pug when I was in high school. His name was Yoda. <laughs> and that's fitting. That is funny. He was such a great dog. He was hideous. He snorted. He <laughs> like had goobers everywhere. His eyes looked like they were gonna pop out of his head at any second. He was the best. He was a fat dude, and he he was great. <laughs> I miss that dude. Well, maybe I should have met him before I, I made that. He went but... prematurely gray really fast, so he just looked like an old man <laughs> that was slowly dying for like however many years. He was great. He was the best. <laughs> wow. Okay, but aside from that, uh, there's a there's a small bird that's very aggressive if it has a nest. I can't remember what it was. I was sitting at a lake one time, and there is... Are they swallows or finches? I don't know what they were, but they would swoop at us. And we were like 30 feet away from their nest, Mm -hmm. but it was too close. And it was just constant swooping. I don't like birds that do that. I've had a bird like land in my head and my hair and like try to grab something. I thought it was a nest or something. I don't know. I just don't like birds all that much. I, uh, long time listeners of the show. Remember a a certain screaming bird that would be in, uh, (laughs) Oh, oh! <laughs> I hate that thing, and I'm so glad that I'm not near that thing anymore. It's the worst. I hate birds. The truth is going to come out. I hated that bird too, Dave. Oh, oh we I know you despised did. it. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. That bird was the worst. I hate birds so much. <laughs> it, they're the absolute worst. I used to like. I used to be on the tr- joke on the train that I hated cats. It wasn't that I hated cats. I just hate cats that are jerks. And don't let you. Pretend they're dogs. That's the real thing. I like cats that like let you pet them and don't just like scratch you for no reason and stuff. But I hate all birds. There's no bird that I'm like, oh no, that's a cool. Uh, ducks are kind of fun to look at and they're kind of adorable, but they don't count. I love Canadian geese. Okay, I think this means I have to tell my story about geese on the show. So this was last October, right, David? Last yeah, because it was the Polyphia show. It was the first one. It was the, or, oh, it was the, it was the first Polyphia oh, show. Yes, you're right. So this was about a year ago. David and I went to see Polyphia, which we talked about on the show. And Polyphia had this cool shirt that had swans on it. And I liked it and I wanted to buy it. So I went to their merch table and I told the guy, oh, I want to buy the shirt with the geese on it. And he said, which one? And I pointed. I'm like, that one with the geese. So Polyphia, they have a song called Goose. So I just assumed they were geese. And so I pointed to it, and the guy figured out what I was talking about. I got it. I put it on. After the show, we got back to my place, and I told David, wow, I really like this shirt. It's got geese on it. And David, you said, no, it doesn't. Those are swans. And I was like, well, they're the same thing. And you were like, no. I'm like, well, okay, I know. 
swans turn or geese turn into swans when they grow up and you were like no and i i said no that's the story of the ugly duckling it's about a goose that grows up and becomes a swan and i had believed this for my entire life until a year ago i learned that geese did not grow up and turn into swans i don't know where i got that from but that's just what i thought <laughs> have you got to the letter kenny episode on the golf course when they're talking about canadian geese no no oh, too bad i'll we, probably we would have soon. we would have had a nice little riff uh, right i would have just been sitting good. here in okay, silence like time. usual so but, that been great yeah you got a problem with canadian gooses you got a problem with me and i suggest oh you let gosh. that one marinate <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> I'm excited for this episode now. Yeah. But that's the story. I don't have a problem with geese or swans. My least favorite animal, and a lot of people know this about me, is snakes. I can't stand Ooh. snakes. Like at the zoo, I can't even go into the snake exhibit. They scare me so much. It's like, where are their legs? Where are their legs? So it's it's scary. They <laughs> slither around. They could bite you. They could kill you. I've had a couple run-ins with snakes. When I was a kid, we had a family of rattlesnakes that lived under this tree. And I remember we cut it down and there were all these snakes. Oh. And I was probably like seven or eight years old. And I remember watching my dad cut off a snake's head with a shovel. And it just terrified me. <laughs> Another time, I was probably in fourth grade. I was outside playing catch with one of my friends with football. And it started raining. We said, oh, we should go inside. We left the ball outside, and I said, oh, actually, I'm going to go back and grab the ball. I bent down to pick this ball up, and there's a six-foot-long bull snake about a foot away from me, and it looks right at me. I grabbed this ball, and I've never ran faster in my whole life. I sprinted away. I told my mom, and we called animal control, and they went and picked it up out of the neighbor's yard. Oh, it was terrifying. I cannot stand snakes. Did I tell you the story? I was golfing a couple years ago, uh -huh. and I had a cart to myself, and we pulled up to the green. I got out of the cart. I turned around, and I looked back at the cart, and this giant snake to me. It was probably five feet long, and it looked fat. Maybe mm. it was a mama. I don't know what the situation was, but... It just dropped out of the bottom of my golf cart oh, and slithered oh. away into the oh, rocks. That's, that I, is I was awesome. so scared to get back in there. I was like, there's got to be another snake. Oh, there. I would have left. No, <laughs> just left the cart, put the put the clubs on my shoulder and walk oh, home. Oh my gosh. I, I would never go back to that golf course. I haven't. Oh, I haven't. Okay, guys, we thank you for tuning in. It's been a couple of fun weeks in Suns basketball, and we hope it keeps up through the rest of the season. Uh, hit us up on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Go Suns. <laughs>